Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported thousands of women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. So if you're frustrated, if you're doubting yourself, if you're not enjoying the journey, there's a better way. Together, we'll break through your past patterns, we'll eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and most importantly, enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thanks so much for joining me today. And kudos to you for taking your time to make yourself better, to listen to something that stands to improve you, improve your health, improve your relationships, just improve your life overall. You should give yourself a lot of credit for that. Seriously, this is a win. I am always looking to seize the wins and celebrate the wins all around me. And listening to something that stands to improve your life is absolutely a win. And I hope you you give yourself a lot of credit for it. Before we dive into our topic of the day, we had an overwhelming response, like almost a break the internet kind of response on my scale, right? Not necessarily a Kim Kardashian scale, but on my small scale to the free workbook that I made available via Instagram. I talked about it on Saturday. So if you need to go back to Saturday's episode and listen to how to get that, I decided to make my question resource available to you in the same way. So if you head over to Instagram and you find me at Elizabeth Benton, and you comment with the word thinker, thinker, on my last post. So you find Elizabeth Benton, you go to my last post, comment with just the word thinker, not like, thank you, hi, 27 emojis, just the word thinker. I will kick over to you a resource that I put together a while back. Some of you guys might have it already. Of Over 100 questions that you can ask yourself to break into patterns of being a better thinker. It's only available on Instagram right now. Um, I'll also put this in the show description so that you can have the written instructions if you're like, wait, what did you say to do again? It's in the show description. So check that out if you have a minute. I personally have found questions to be one of the single most effective tools for creating any kind of change, using my time better, making more money, being more productive, eating healthier, all of those things. And today we're going to be talking about questions. I want to talk about the best questions to ask yourself when you are trying to create change in your life, as well as what I think are the worst questions. We're going to start with the worst questions. I hear these all the time, all the time. And if you've ever worked with me in a coaching relationship, you've probably heard me talk to you about these worst questions because they come up so often. These are what I consider the top three worst questions, and they're the worst for very similar reasons. The first of the three worst questions is, 
why do I always do this thing, make this mistake? Why do I always overeat at night? Why do I always start strong and then fizzle out? Why do I always sabotage myself? That is a terrible question if you're trying to create change in your life. Because when you ask, why do I always start strong and then let myself off the hook or never finish, you are looking for reasons that justify, support, and lead to that pattern. If you say, why do I always overeat at night? And then you think, well, because it tastes good and I'm bored. You are justifying it. You're reinforcing all the reasons that make that a choice you choose. You're practicing the pattern. You're substantiating that behavior. And that's probably not your goal. And even if you're like, no, I, I hate those things. I don't like them. To your brain, you're just bringing to the surface all the reasons that make this an appealing choice. So if you're if you're struggling to think of this as an ineffective question because you're like, no, 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 I want to understand the behavior, I want you to think about is the goal to understand the behavior or is the goal to change the behavior? Because those are two very different things. Is the goal to identify the ways you talk yourself into it or is the goal to change the behavior? Because if the goal is to change the behavior, then let's do that. And I always tell my clients, I'm not saying that it's bad to want to dive deep into the problem and where did this come from and is this some deeply rooted childhood trauma? I'm not saying that's bad, but I think you should do that with a therapist and I am not a therapist, right? When I'm working with clients, it's to help them change behavior. And if the goal is behavior change, then the why do I always question is not a good question. Similarly, when you ask why can't I? Why can't I follow through? That is a bad question for the same reason. I can't follow through because I give into temptation. I can't follow through because I'm such an all or nothing person. You've just convinced yourself, you're right, I can't follow through. And if the goal is to follow through, then why can't I is not an effective question. Instead, is there something I could do differently that would make it easier to follow through? And we're going to go into good questions, so I don't want to get too off tra- off topic giving examples of good questions, but let's just for now agree that why can't I follow through? Why can't I be consistent is a crappy question when the goal is behavior change. Similarly, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me is only reinforcing and highlighting all of the patterns of behavior that you consider to be flawed. What is wrong with me? I'm such an all or nothing person. Well, you've just reinforced that. You've just given that belief a repetition and a rehearsal. What is wrong with me? I'm so inconsistent. Okay, you've now strengthened that story. What is wrong with me? I'm just so overwhelmed. Now you're into the problem And as you move closer to the problem, you're moving further from the solution. Now, the goal isn't always behavior change. Like I said, the goal might be, gosh, I want to see if there's something from my youth that is driving this. Do that work with a therapist. But it's important to understand, am I trying to change behavior or am I looking to do therapy? Nothing wrong with therapy. I think therapists are great. My sister's a therapist. She does great work. But sometimes we confuse the goal. And you have to know when the goal is change, 
then you want to be inquiring about the solution and about what you can do. You don't want to be inquiring about limitations, patterns that you want to change, or certainly not like what's wrong with me or why can't I? Because when we want to change, we want to be looking at what we can do. And we want to train ourselves to go down those paths instead of the woe is me, what's wrong with me, why can't I? What I consider to be some of the best questions and, and some of the best questions are the very simplest questions. They're not complex. They're not like super inspirational. Their simplicity is a big part of what makes them so powerful. What can I do? What can I do? I think we all have times when we feel like a lot is out of our control. Maybe a lot is out of our control because of our kids or because of our spouse or because of an injury or because of our jobs. But there's always something we can do. And you become a very powerful person when you train yourself through repetition, practice, repetition, practice, rehearsal, repeat, practice. When you train yourself to be someone who is always looking at what can I do. You know, this shows up in so many areas of life. I currently have a a very close family friend who is navigating a difficult time in their family and they're just going through some tough stuff. And it can feel like, gosh, there's, there's just nothing I can do to help them. You know, they're they're far away. I can't be there. I can't sit with them. I can't bring over a meal. That pattern of thinking about what you can't do is not valuable. But thinking about what you can do, focusing on what you can do and on what your options are and the paths that you could take and what is within your sphere of influence is a really major thing. Sometimes I feel like I'm I'm waiting on something at work and I can't move forward until I get this piece of information and that is outside of my control. Instead of focusing on all the ways in which I'm limited, I challenge myself, what can I do? Can I take the time to improve the copy? Can I take the time to, to test and to troubleshoot? Can I take the time to learn about this other piece, this next piece that I have to be prepared for? What can I do? When the twins were in the NICU, oh my gosh, as a parent, you feel like your job is to take care of your kids, right? And to keep them safe and healthy. And especially in the first month or so when they weren't stable and they couldn't be held very much and all of it was seemingly outside of my control, what can I do? I had to keep coming back to what can I do? And the first, the day that they were born, the NICU had given me these little felt pads. They were little like hearts made of felt. And they told me that I could put them inside my bra. And then whenever I went down to the NICU, I had two sets of them. I could swap out the one that was in their little incubator for the one that had been in my bra so that they could smell me and they could be comforted because they know mom's scent you know, from being in utero. And that was one of the things that was within my control. Pumping was within my control. All of those things were within my control. And when I would feel like I can't help them, I can't do anything, I can't even really mother, those thoughts would not be valuable to me, but what I can do would be. You know, when I was 
on bed rest before they were born, modified bed rest anyway. I felt like I can't work out. You know, I can't do the things with Roman that I'd really love to do. But what can I do? I can eat as clean as possible. I can make sure that I'm getting to bed at a reasonable time, that I'm not just watching trash TV because I'm sitting here and I can't do much. I can read books that make my mind better, that make my business better. I can get more organized. I can connect with people because I can't do as much. I can certainly text and call and and strengthen relationships that are important to me in my life. What can I do? That is a powerful way to think. And it's not something that you just hear and then you know, like, oh, that's a good question. You have to use it over and over and over again in order for it to just be a, a default way of thinking for you. What can I do? Another one of the questions that I think is the best question to ask is, what do I need in order to make this easier? Or another way of putting that is, how can I set myself up for success? There's a lot of things that feel hard. Sometimes business feels hard. And certainly working while being a full-time mom, work-from-home mom can feel really challenging. So I ask myself, what do I need to do to make this easier? And sometimes that means I need to get up a little bit earlier. Sometimes that means I need to work a little bit later after the kids go to bed. Sometimes that means I can make it easier if I stay off social media or I don't watch TV or I get a little bit better organized and I take some time to prepare, outsource things, ask for help, scale back on the things that I'm doing. How can I make this easier? And how can I set myself up for success? Sometimes it can feel like eating healthy is a real challenge. Maybe because we're out of routine in the summer, it feels like there's just something that throws the schedule off a little bit most days. So then I ask myself, all right, how do I make this easier? How do I make eating healthy easier? One of the things I started doing is I make two big protein smoothies every single morning. And I always keep one in the refrigerator. So if we're running out unexpectedly, like, oh, so-and-so's at the beach and they invited us down to go, I've got a big protein smoothie that I can drink and Roman can drink because Roman's obsessed with them. So I always make two in the morning. Typically, I'll have some in the morning and Roman will have some in the morning and then I have a backup. If I end up running errands unexpectedly, it's there and I can grab it and it's never a situation where I'm out of the house and I'm like, darn it, I'm starving and I don't have any food or I don't feel like I have time to make something. That is something that this question led me to do. Another thing that question led me to do is having meal rotations and they're not literal like we cycle through these one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, but we have four or five meals that we eat most nights and I'm always prepared on hand with those ingredients, right? That makes it easier that we're not starting from scratch on like, okay, everything is an option. What are we going to eat tonight? We know that it's either going to be salmon and broccoli, it's going to be steak and asparagus, it's going to be poke bowls, or it's going to be burgers, right? Those are like, what's on rotation right now? We have those things so that when it comes time to be prepared for dinner, we know we have what we need and we just need to choose what we're going to do tonight, what we have time for, what it sounds like the kids want, that sort of thing. How can I make this easier? How can I set myself up for success? This is what got me back into waking up before the kids. Because when the girls, when the twins weren't sleeping through the night, it was really challenging to get up before them because sometimes they'd be up at four or sometimes I had been up until four and I wanted to get as much sleep until somebody started crying again. 
But once they got into a rhythm or routine, the answer to my question of how can I make this work stuff easier was if you can get an hour in before folks wake up, that's huge. I can make work and working out so much easier by doing that. Recently, the answer to that question for me was getting a trainer because I was just kind of in a funk finding it hard to push myself with workouts. How can I make it easier? Have a trainer. I'm only working with her one day a week right now. And that's fantastic because that's just a little push that I needed. Another question that I consider one of the best is, what do I need to simplify or eliminate? What do I need to simplify or eliminate? Sometimes it's pattern of thought. I was talking with a consistency course client the other day, and she had this story of like, what's the point? I'm too old. Yeah, that's not going to work, right? There's no strategy that you are going to execute if you are thinking there's no point because you're too old. So that is a story you need to eliminate. And then other times it's not stories, it's, it's things. It's things on your calendar or it's the pattern of watching two hours of TV at night or it's being on your phone at meals. What do you need to simplify? What do you need to eliminate? I went through, I think it was back in December, where I was ditching or donating a certain number of things every single day. And I would challenge myself. I don't even remember now what the number was off the top of my head. It was, I feel like it was a high number, maybe 10, maybe 20 things every single day that I would donate or discard. And it was so helpful to me because I don't do well with clutter in the kitchen, on the counters, even in my bedroom, in the closets. So maybe it's just physical stuff that you need to simplify from your life, I always pay attention to what toys Roman's playing with and what toys he's not playing with. And the toys he's not playing with, I either donate or we store, right? We store in a closet or we store in the basement and we'll try and bring him back out a month or two later and see if he's interested. But that way, it's not just like this total chaos of toys everywhere and most of them are just taking up space. That helps me, the the physical clutter, getting rid of that really helps my mental state tremendously. So what do I need to simplify or eliminate? I also got rid of a few things in my business, more than a few things (laughs) in my business, because I needed it to be simpler. I needed it to be simpler to run and manage in this season of life where my most important priority is being a mom. I love this next question. Oh my goodness. And I am in a season of this question. What kind of help do I need and who can provide it? Now, This doesn't necessarily mean you're hiring people. It could mean somebody who wrote a book that you need to read or somebody who has a podcast that you need to listen to or somebody who has a sermon that you are going to commit to tuning into every week. Or it could be that you are hiring a cleaning lady or that you are hiring a trainer or that you are hiring somebody for bookkeeping in your business. What kind of help do I need and who can provide it? I recently started a book on uh, digital organization because I needed help. (laughs) So instead of feeling like, oh my gosh, my files are a mess and oh my gosh, my email is a mess and oh my gosh, I need to be more organized. What kind of help do I need and who can provide it? Or feeling like, you know, I'm not, I don't have a network to grow my business. Okay, well, what kind of help do I need and who can provide it? Is it a mastermind? Is it a coach? Is it a book? Is it a podcast? Is it a colleague? Or 
uh, Chris was away for the day unexpectedly longer than we thought he was going to be. And I was feeling really frustrated with just being solo with the kids because the twins were having a really whiny day and, and I don't like having Roman, you know, watch TV very much. And I, I, I think I also was just really tired. So I didn't feel like I had the bandwidth that maybe I normally do. So I asked for help. My mom said, is there anything I can do for you today? And I said, yeah, you can come hold one crying kid. <laughs> just take one. Just take one. Be here for an hour or two and just like have one less that I have to try to satisfy. What kind of help do I need and who can provide it? Maybe it's meal delivery for one meal a week or it's a coach or a mentor or a group. What kind of help do I need and who can provide it? I, I joke that this is my season, but it really is my season of asking for help. And that's not typically like help me with my kids, though I'm not, I don't have any issues asking for help with that. But it's more like I'm trying to do this thing and I can't figure it out. Can you help? Do you know what I'm doing wrong? I don't like to be the center of attention. And so I often don't ask for help because it puts me at the center of attention or because I think that it might be a silly question and I don't want to come across as stupid but I tell myself that successful people ask for help. I tell my clients successful people ask for help. And I learned that, as you guys know, because I've shared this a lot recently in going through this technical for me program where we would get on these these group coaching calls and people would be like, hey, I'm stuck here. And the facilitator would literally walk them through and solve their problem right there. And I thought, because they're willing to ask for help in five minutes, they're further ahead because they did. And that is such a powerful thing for all of us to practice. What kind of help do I need and who can provide it? And then the last question is really a powerful one for overcoming the tendency to be an all or nothing thinker, which I think we all have seasons where we do more or less of that. What is a small piece that I can do? What is a step between the realm of all and the realm of nothing? Like what exists in the middle that maybe I could do? So it could be that I woke up early in the morning, but I really don't want to work out. All right, well, while I'm making my coffee, can I do 20 squats? It's not because 20 squats is as good as a full workout, but it's because it's important to practice living outside of all or nothing. Either I work out or I don't. What exists between all and nothing? I really don't feel like eating healthy. All I want to do is pizza. All right, cool. Well, if I'm going to have the pizza, can I drink a protein shake first? So at least I'm moderating the blood sugar response to the pizza. Or can I go for a 15-minute walk after I have the pizza? Can I do one and a half slices of pizza instead of three slices of pizza? What can I do? What is a small piece I can do? Maybe it doesn't feel like I can write a book. But maybe I can write down 10 ideas that I'd want to include if I were to write a book. Maybe I don't feel like I can write a blog, but can I come up with a list of five blogs that I really like and, and pull out elements from each of them that I like so that when I put mine together, I have some ideas to jump off with. What is a small piece that I can do? What is a step between all or nothing? Again, I feel like questions are a really powerful tool when we want to upgrade our thinking, which I trust that everybody understands how important that is because our choices flow from how we think about things, how we think about our feelings, how we think about our options, how we think about our circumstances. 
But when it comes to, well, how do I think differently? This feels so automatic. The easiest tool that I have found to upgrade your thinking is asking great questions, which of course then begs the question, what are great questions? We've gone through a few today, but I have this resource of over 100 questions. It is completely free. Right now you can get it on Instagram. Just go to my Instagram at Elizabeth Benton, right? Find my most recent post and comment with the word thinker. Just the word thinker. You don't have to put anything else. Comment with the word thinker and it'll kick off to you. Thanks for joining me today. I'll see you tomorrow.